All right, ladies and gentlemen, Thursday, days just go by so fast, uh, hopefully a little bit slower than before, or maybe actually a little bit faster than before because people are actually getting out and a little bit of sun helps, uh, but that's good. Uh, today, we have a special guest, MSP, who actually was very generous and uh, was willing to host us uh, at one of the spots on the uh, last Channel Strong tour. Mr. Michael Goldstein from Land Infotech. How you doing today, Michael? Hey, great, George. Great. Good to, good to see you virtually, and it was even better to see you in person. 100%. In person, 10 times over 10 times more than virtual. That's my opinion. Hey, we got uh, you down to sunny Florida. Florida was fantastic. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was great weather, great company. People were you know, already feeling the vibe of being outside. I, I, can't, I couldn't complain, to be honest with you. I agree with you. I mean, you're 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 ve you're in a very great place. <laughs> well, it's kind of crazy because we're expecting 90 degrees on Saturday. Wow. I mean, it's summertime. Yeah. yeah. Coming guess, early. guess what? It's uh, hey, you know what? If Mother Nature's ready to rock and roll, why aren't we? Agreed. Agreed. So for for everyone that hasn't had an opportunity, Michael, to run into you on the street at a trade show at a conference at a user group somewhere why don't you give us a little bit of background about you how you got into the it industry way back when a little bit about your company and how things ultimately are doing today sure, sure. I, I will I tell, tell you that, that uh, uh, i've been in it for 30 plus years, years. It's, it's been, been one of those, those uh, things, things where i kind of grew, grew up in the pc industry, industry. you know worked you for uh, a couple of really large law firms over time you know, uh, first law firm that I worked for, I think I came in and there was eight PCs, but there was a $10 million IBM mainframe. Um, that year, and then I, I'll, I'll, I, I got a few gray hairs here, so I won't go too far into it. But that year, one of the dial-up companies uh, for legal research came in and offered the firm uh, 100 PCs based upon usage. So we went uh, from uh, eight to 108 to year two to 650 PCs. Um, wow. You know, no network. I was traveling all around the country, setting up dial-up connections and, uh, you know, writing code for everything that was out there, pre-Windows days. Um, you know, we would dream it up. We would, you know, edit, you know, old DOS, hide things in place there. And, you know, it was about, you know, it was about giving users PC access versus users today demanding access and, and things. So, uh, you know, went out and uh, started to work for a very small um IT company. There were three of us. Uh, we, we, we were big Novell partners. Uh, we grew that over um, probably over a 20-year period from three to 65 people. You know, across wow. um, we were in uh, we were in Long Island, we were in New York City, Jersey. We had offices in, offices in uh, DC and Raleigh and in Miami. And uh, I currently am living in Fort Lauderdale now as our conversations there, but uh, was traveling down here multiple times and uh, lived in Queens and, uh, you know, missed a couple of winter storms. My wife was ready to kill me. And uh, we moved down to sunny Florida about 26 years ago. So you did yeah. it before it was fashionable, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm, I live in, in West Boca Raton. And I remember when I first moved here and you had to call a taxi to come take you to the airport, the pre-Uber days, like, where the heck are you? You know, so been down here and then uh, separated from my company about 
11 years ago and started uh, started Land Infotech. Yeah, we're uh, 24 people today covering the South Florida area. Um, you know, people don't realize, you know, if you look between Miami and West Palm Beach, it's a good 90 miles. It's a big, it's a, it's a big area. Um, you know, 24 people is uh, this week's total. And uh, I'm also really happy to say that my two sons work for me. I actually have a 32-year-old a son and a 30-year-old that uh, both, uh, you know, both are in the business. Uh, working, How often uh, does that happen, following in the footsteps? Oh, man, you know, it's... Uh, it, it really is great you know, to, to see it and you take for granted, you see them all the time and uh, you know, go out there. Also keeps them close because I, I, I have three grandchildren, actually one of them that's uh, a brand new one, that uh, granddaughter that's probably uh, three and a half weeks old. So uh, Congra congratulations. Uh, they're, they're coming into the world at an interesting time. I know, I know. You know, I think we'll all look back at those periods of time that are in, that are in place there. I guess uh, crucial for for all of us this year. Happy to be uh, on the upward curve than uh, you know last year. Hundred percent, no question, no question. So wow, that that's you know you actually make a good point. Um, Florida is such a big state, and the, from the way from talking to people, you know, at your place when we were in Florida. And other folks that we, you know, we're friendly with down there, there's more people moving there than there is places to move to. It's crazy. It's crazy all over the place. You know, we're, we, we, we see a lot of those out-of-state plates. You know, listen, we, we have a lot of snowbirds, you know, for those of you, you know, guys that you know, come down to Florida in the winter and, uh, you know, more and more plates that are out there, new construction going out, you know, new businesses opening up. But you're right. You know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a changing world that's there. You know, we're just trying to keep up with, uh, keep up with technology, keep up with the flow, and, and of course, you know, always appreciate things like Channel Strong. You know, one of our bigger focuses over the past few years has been, uh, you know, working with not-for-profits. It was, uh, you know, we have a very big vertical in the legal industry. You know, not-for-profits have, have been big, big for us. So when, you know, you guys knocked on the door, we'll, you know, we're very channel friendly. You know, those of you guys, you know, you and Ken, you know, you guys are staples that are out there in the community. We try to follow in suit and it was uh, always good to participate. Of course, you know, accepting uh, food for, uh, you know, our partnership for the homeless. I think that was a great piece. And it was great to have you vendors that were out there and, you know, have some of our, you know, competitors that we haven't seen, you know, we, we, we really do try to keep, you know, partner friendly out there and we're always trying to give a helping hand. So, you know, well, thank you I, and all the sponsors that were, that was great. No, we, Hey, we appreciate you. Right. I mean, I, if I, if I remember properly, your team had not been in person for like over a year. Yeah. The last time we had a company meeting, all of us together was St. Patrick's day last year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think I did an event the week before, and uh, you know, had a company meeting, and then we had a scare because our client, uh, a couple of our employees were at sites that, you know, again, we didn't know how contagious COVID was, but uh, right. you know, um, we've been virtual. We actually started back up. It was, uh, you know, when when I came in to meet you guys that were there. I mean, I have been going to the office in off hours. You know, my right hand person. We hadn't seen each other, you know, in over a year. You know, wow. and and. Some of the employees, I mean, there are some guys that couldn't make it out to the event, still haven't seen. So, you know, we're trying to open up and, you know, keep things, you know, safe. I, I, I've been talking about, you know, 
the channel strong piece to everybody because you guys really prepared it well. You know, hand sign hand sanitizer on every table, the fun games. You know, you know everything was great, and you know how to do how to do an event and and, and keep us without thinking that we're in the middle of a pandemic. Hey, you know, that's, that was the goal, right? A little bit of community, a little bit of networking. Um, you said it best, right? You hadn't seen your employees, let alone other people in your area forever. Um, we just wanted to like restart the, the dialogue, right? It's the best thing that we're all missing from all the events. Uh, although they seem to be maybe starting to come back. Um, you know, and, and listen, everybody's in a different place. Everybody has a different, like some people are getting the vaccine. Some aren't, some have health situation some don't right like everybody's in a different yep. realm. but uh the fresh air is always good and of course. uh but you know what people are designed to interact with other people like in person like it's a, it's like a chemical you know like mental thing if you're not you know if you cut people off i think you know like all of a sudden they go a little bit crazy that's what i think no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer that, you know, uh, I, I probably at least a week to 10 days every month, you know, I was traveling, whether it's events or other things that are out there. I'm married this June 36 years. And I hear my wife saying to some of my friends, I haven't seen them this much in, you know, 15, 18 years. So, you know, I, you, you do get a little stir crazy I'm, in the I'm house. Gonna, I'm going to see if there. I can get away with that. <laughs> you know, and you're right. It was great. I will tell you, I, I came home that night and I, I, I said to my wife, I go, man, I am tired. I know I didn't drink any beer. I was just one of those things. You know, I got to really work up because it's tough business schmoozing out there. <laughs> you know, like you hadn't talked that much, right? Uh, right. And, you know, like, and, and there was great. There was a ton of good conversations. I mean, it was actually a great amount of people that was like, you know, not super crowded, but like, think about that. You had, you know, how many one on just even checking in with your own people, right? How often do you get to, you know, uh, no, I agree. It? <laughs> like it is, you beer, right? Yeah. Grab a sandwich, talk. And I think yeah. that I hadn't been to a physical event since, you know, March, you know, the beginning of March, the year before, you know, it was amazing. And you guys rocked it out with that superstar camper out there. I mean, guys, if, if you could participate in this, it was, it, it, I was really proud to be a, a part of the team out there. You rolled that, that you rolled that out. You know, it was great to see, you know, you, I, I had the big parking lot and I just hosted. It was a lot of fun. You guys you rallied up a lake behind you too. Yeah. Yeah. That was you guys awesome. rallied up a, 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 some some uh, of uh, our competitors that I never met before, you know, that were out there. Other people that I was happy to see that we just do a lot of virtual things. So it was a great community event. Um, wow. I, I, I think we did send out the pictures, but, you know, uh, I'll tell you, we, we rallied up food for a Broward partnership for the homeless. I had our two guys that uh, our sales guys deliver it. We did a whole little presentation. They were a you know, super happy. Like you said, it was great for you guys to help us, us help you, and then us being able to go out there and, you know, help the community. Yes. A little bit of community help goes a long way. Let's, let's, let's talk about technology for a second, right? Cause Definitely. clearly you're doing well. You have 24 people in the company. That's not considered a small MSB, by the way. Um, how many customers and how many endpoints are under management right now? So uh, customers, I'll say, you know, so we're a big Microsoft shop and uh, we do a lot of 365. So, you know, customer numbers definitely high because people start off with a little. So we probably have about, you know, 500, 600 active customers that are in place that are, that are transacting, you know, definitely, you know, over 8,000 endpoints that, that, that are in place. 
um, you know, growing by the day, you know, uh, you know, I think it's important for all of us as, uh, you know, MSPs to keep our, our line card and our arsenal up because I, I always hear it in all different events that are out there. If we're not changing with the times, your competition is. So I think it's important to, to, to keep that together. No, that's, that's incredible, by the way. I mean, congratulations on building a great company. You got your two sons in there. You got 24 people in, in the joint and kind, virtually. I mean, so, or hopefully soon back in, in person. Yep. So like, ultimately that's fantastic. So like, what's a typical size customer for you then? You know what? So we do a lot in the legal industry. So, you know, I, I, I've, I do socialize a lot with a lot of MSPs throughout organizations that are out there. And the legal industry is very unique because they're very incestuous. You know, big firm, you know, guys leave the startup firm. So I usually joke about it saying, you know, the average size customer is depends on cash and heartbeat. Those are the two things. So I, I think that, you know, you can help out some of the small customers that are in place there, the startups that are out there, because we're finding that in a lot of industries that technology makes that small guy just as effective as the big guy mm-hmm. that's there. So whether it's, you know, look, be VoIP or voice services that are out there, of course, cloud services that, that are in place there. And, you know, a computer and internet, you're, you're good to go. And really, you know, the legal industry is no different than what we're doing as MSPs. We really are selling knowledge because most of us don't manufacture or make any product that's in place that we, rec- we, we, we rely on great vendors, tech support. So we're seeing a big growth in, in that side of it. You know, outside of legal, we, we do a lot of work and we do a lot of work with not-for-profits. But over the past year, the biggest thing that, that had one of the craziest growth for us was doing virtual event planning. Um, what we did for our clients, we found that in the not-for-profit industry, many of them, you know, they live on fundraising and just didn't know how to put events together. So yeah. we, we actually worked with a couple of different platforms that are out there. We just did a, a, an event you know, for a, a, a women's fund in Miami. It's a profitable event for them. They doubled the amount of money that they raised compared to the last in-person event. So we wow. had close to 400 people on Zoom with breakout rooms and we got to shelter, we got to actually usher Jane Fonda around to multiple rooms to their VIPs as an example. Or we helped uh, a not-for-profit that was uh, Gilder's Club, uh, Gilder Radner's Foundation in South Florida. They had a 25th anniversary event. We did it on a platform on a Saturday night. And you know the big event of the night was having, uh, they called it uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, Saturday Night Live Jeopardy with John Lovitz. So you know people just need some direction, some technical help. We've helped people put together webinars, all those types of things. And in reality, we're just taking the basics of what we have to do to run our business and put that into, hey, you have to plan, plan, plan. You have to think about this. You have to have a goal. You need some tech support. You know. So in reality, we've been donating our time for that. And it, it, it's coming back. It came back you know, hundredfold in a lot of the events that, and people that we were able to help. That's fantastic. I mean, it just goes to show you that a lot of people have done things in the last 14, 15 months that you may have not normally done, right? Like you had to ebb and flow, different things came at you. And like, I I can't tell you, I mean, we talk to MSPs, hundreds of MSPs a month. That one has not popped up. I'm going to be honest. It was surprising to me, you know, but, you know, we found the need for not only, you know, there are organizations that, you know, clicked on Zoom. They didn't realize, oh, gee, I have to pay for this. 
you know, what happens after 40 minutes? Oh, how do I get multiple video feeds? And, you know, what could I do to make it look different? Listen, we've all been part of different events that are out there, whether it's, you know, the SMB conference going on now on Hopin, or we use Remo with ASCII or a few others that are in place. It's like anything else. No one wants to sit there and read the manual. So we, we, we've helped them out. In many cases, we've donated the time. I mean, it's, it, it, it's been really good for different places. And you know, listen, there's no substitution for this or some in-person networking, but we were able to, you know, come out of that, help some people out there. And of course, you know, listen, I think that good things come to people, you know, that, that do good deeds. And I think that it's brought oh, yeah. a lot of people together, you know, unlike, you know, what a lot of our manufacturers did over the first six months or nine months of, of the pandemic of, you know, software. We kind of felt that, you know, we don't manufacture anything. What can we do? And besides doing the virtual event planning, we did a lot of, uh, you know, Microsoft Teams and Zoom trainings for large organizations, schools, cities, um, you know, just, just, to, just to help out. So, uh, you know, I think that we all have to pitch in and I think we're all better together than we are separate. 100%, no question about it. On the, on the topic of Microsoft, since that seems to be a really big focal point, um, you know, like you see a lot of people still going biz standard, biz premium they used to be, or are, are you starting to see a transition over to the E1, E3, E5, or M1, M3, M5? Like how, how, is, how is things kind of shaping up for you on that front? I think we're seeing more go to the, the, the M365 business premium. You know, that, that, that small business type bundle that's out there, we have rolled out a ton of, you know, I'll just call it the Azure Active Directory type bundle that you put in place there. Um, a lot of our clients, you know, on, you know, we'll call it, you know, pandemic 3.0, realizing that, hey, many people are going to continue working from home or not, or even in the 2.0 version, you know, you can't support, you know, the 10-year-old's you know, laptop that they're using for business. You know, we can't give them those SLAs. So we started, um, you know, piloting with a lot of clients, being able to, you know, tie everything to Active Directory, be able to make sure that we can upgrade their bundle with some of those pieces, you know, security. And it's been great for us. You know, in uh, a few weeks ago, we got to see, you know, Microsoft release, uh, you know, beta of, uh, you know, touchless, you know, no password you know, using YubiKey or something like that. So basically employee A comes in, you uh, tech, you give them a temporary, I don't even want to call it a password, but they have to activate authenticator or a key within a certain period of time, you know, log into a brand new laptop with your Active Directory, slide the key in, no passwords. So we're trying to ride that wave because, you know, with, with every bad thing in the world that, that comes up, the bad guys try to monopolize on that. You know, we've seen exponential phishing, exponential, you know, the COVID scams. So I think, you know, converting people into this new world of, you know, almost like passwordless. And, mm. But again, you know, you still have to have either the authenticator or- I was going to say, I lose my keys all the time. You know, YubiKey, <laughs> you know, in place there. But, you know, a lot of, lot of good devices that are out there, you know, tied to fingerprints. So I think that we've all changed the posturing as, as the world changed. And it couldn't happen sooner enough. I agree, especially with all the exchange stuff that's been out there over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, they're obviously still trying to figure out what happened with the solar wind stuff earlier in the year. Um, so, so we're doing the M365 Biz Premium. Are you doing any add-on? Like, how? What else are you doing around security? So we we uh, we do go out and we do sell. Uh, we're, we're a Sentinel One partner, so we we've you know 
Webroot slash Sentinel One up to the, up to those pieces. Of course, you know, email security. There's a few that that, that that's in place there. Um, that's been really good for us. We're between you know uh, evaluating SOC type products. You know, you can't go to an event today without you know the four or five that are out there, and we're evaluating that. We've also um, you know stretched out in some of the Microsoft add-ins that are out there. You know, Microsoft, you know. Defender, Defender for 365, there's a plan too, you know, that's out. So we started evaluating also all new customers, tenants that they come in there. So, you know, listen, it's the undocumented things that, 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 you, that, you, that you have to get a handle on. So we've been building that bundle in there. Of course, you know, 365 backup, we've seen an explosion of teams and, you know, people were just trying to prepare them to say, hey, listen, you know, your users delete this, you find out 36 days later, the data's gone. You know, so 365 backup is, the, it, 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 it's important that goes out there. And just some of these new, you know, artificial intelligent uh, type email securities that are focusing just on the phishing. Good slew of products that are in place there. And then just trying to prove our, you know, re- renew those contracts and prove our value without trying to upsell them. Yeah, no, that's a very interesting point because, Everything comes at a cost, right? I mean, over time, you need to ultimately add more technology because new stuff is you know emerging. You're evaluating that as it comes through. Like, do you, you know, do you build in an escalator in your agreement so that you can sneak these things in there, or at renewal time, like you said, you're trying not to upsell, but is it, you know, it's almost some of this stuff's becoming a requirement now, kind of. Thing. Agreed, agreed. Well, listen, we run a lot of events. So really what we're doing on the virtual time, we do a bunch of, uh, you know, Microsoft hands-on training. So as we're showing them some of the new features or, you know, we'll just do cyber events that are out there and show them what could potentially be happening. I think that, you know, last week, last week, Broward County schools, public schools, the ninth largest school district in the country publicly had to send out emails because they had a 40 million, that's right, million dollar ransom that was put on them. Really? And the bad guys not only did that, they basically said, hey, we're going to put an escalator on top of that if you don't start paying by this certain time. And they did publicly release on the public internet school data. Now, it wasn't just, it was, it wasn't just student data, it was parent data. You think of everyone that's a parent right now that had to log in and put some information in place there. So, you know, when it hits your backyard, it's a little easier to talk about it, but it was funny because I think publicly uh, I saw on the internet uh, last week where you see their CIO chatting back and forth, he must've captured it. He goes, am I reading the number of zeros right on this? So, I mean, you you look at something that big that hits out to there, you know, we haven't seen the forensics on what it was, but I'm sure it started off with a fish like we all see on some of those things, but Ninth largest school district with a huge IT staff, you know, but what we're portraying to majority of the customers is, you know, the value, um, the value of us utilizing some dark web search products, because we don't want someone to sit there and say, well, that's Broward County Public Schools. They're all over the place. I'm a five user guy. So we're doing a lot of events tied around, you know, what the dark web is, you know, with phishing examples, why you need this. So we're generating the questions for demand and then telling them, hey, here's the premium type products that you do need. If you're in an unregulated industry, 
because in regulated, it's an easy sale, right? You know, these are reasons why you need some of those things. So I think you have to look at it, but nobody wants to feel like they're being sold. You know, you walk in for that $18,000 car and they're trying to sell you the $36,000 car. So I think it's a matter of, you know, learning by doing and, and showing them by doing and showing them what could happen. 100%. So this is very interesting because um, largely MSPs, especially the guys that are still small, struggle to do any sort of consistent marketing, demand generation, any sort of educational consistent, you know, kind of effort, right? But it sounds like you're doing this regularly, like how often and, and how are you driving people to this? So there's two things that we do. First of all, we, 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 I'm a certified Microsoft immersion experience engineer. So Microsoft has, you know, these customer experiences where you can run hands-on labs. Okay. So we run, we run those twice a month. So we started off with Teams just to give people, because listen, people think that Teams is just a chat program. We have led into, we just uh, have uh, had a Azure one, you know, demystifying Azure. And again, we're talking hands-on so people can see how easy it is to create a machine, you know, create a virtual machine. Next month, we have an M365 focused one. You know, so in reality, to see someone's face when you're on this hands-on lab, you tell them to type a social inside of Excel, click save, and all of a sudden it becomes classified doc, you know, classified document is, you know, it, it's, it's mind boggling to them. So we're showing them some hands-on pieces and we regularly do that twice a month. But, you know, the other pieces is that we're very involved in the community. I always talk about this and say, we're in six chambers of commerces locally. So you look at that 90 miles, we're in um, yeah. Our main one is the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce, and I run their technology committee, and I'm also on their board of directors. So as you're involved in these community, in these chambers at a high level, I'm volunteering to do the content for them. So I don't want to have to go spam my customers four or five times a month for every event. I'm the key speaker for an event. I'm donating my time. You raffle off some pieces that are out there, and I'm giving my message. This morning, we were just on for a, a, a not-for-profit group that is groups of not-for-profits. We, we put some content together, you know, on uh, supercharging your virtual events, you know, cyber awareness. Um, we did something for a group called the South Florida Institute for Aging. We did something on phone scams and how, you know, elderly can go out there and save money on their phone bill. You know, things that we're doing. Monday, we're doing a cyber scam type piece. So I think that the awareness is, is, is getting out in the community and offering them, because I think many of these organizations are just short content and they need experts that are willing to go out there and talk about the content and sell later. That's what we do. So Interesting. No, it's a, I listen, that's a tip for everyone, right? Now, like if you, you're right, you can only spam your customer base so many times before they're like, I, stop, I'm done. Yep. My stuff's working, but no, like in turn, that's one of the big questions, right? Where do you find new customers? Where do you find new people to deliver the message? Sounds like they're out there. You just need to go and knock on the door and say, I'm here. And I think that with any organization, you know, you know, we could rattle off all the MSP organizations that are out there. That, that we're part. If you don't go all in, it's, it's worthless. You know, I hear people say, ah, oh, those chambers, I don't get anything out of it. You can't just go in and expect them to call you because you're a new member. You know, I, I run the technology committee. I'm on the marketing committee. I'm on the branding committee. I want to find out how I can get more involved that's out there. I was the chamber member of the year 
member of the month last month in one chamber. Another chamber, since we did so much for them, we were like the IT Innovator Award. You know, so I think that if you, they, they're hungry for people to come in and help them out. And I, I tell people that when you're in there, because again, uh, my, my competitors sit with me. And, you know, when you're, I, I'm a believer that when you're representing an organization, your organization hat comes on because that's why you're there. Yes, deep down, we're all salespeople and we're, 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 we're out to, but if you can't be that salesperson when you're representing that organization and they have to feel that general, they have to feel that honesty, that, that, that piece that you believe in that organization. 100%, 100%. So let me ask you this, how much of your time every month are you spending interacting with the six chambers and the nonprofit? It sounds like there's a time investment. There's definitely a time investment. Um, what we've done is, so we have, two sales people that are, that are involved in the community. A couple of years ago, I realized that, you know what, you know, it's so hard and we probably can rattle on how to compensate guys, good sales guys, bad sales guys. I decided to turn them, uh, take away anything that had to do with sales in their title and their community relations people. And these two guys have been with me for over three years and they believed in the community. They felt like, wow, I want to be involved. One of one of the sales guys, he's on the board of directors of one of the chambers. So they're involved. So there's three of us that that kind of knock knock this out and go in place there. You know, pre-pandemic, we would joke that we could probably eat breakfast, three lunches, and two dinners and a happy hour on, on the events every day. You know, if you if you chose to, but you pick and choose what works for you because not everything works in one of these chambers. You know, so I think that, you know. The staff came in there, they believed, and they feel just as strong as I do about the community that we live in and we work in. And we're mm-hmm. out there. And yes, it takes time, but pounding the paper, new clients, doing events, doing things takes time also. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's involvement that you do. And as long as, and I know that the people that serve on some of the boards that I'm on generally feel that same commitment to whether it's a big city, a little city, or just a, a, a municipality. And I think that's what separates the difference sometimes. Interesting. So here's a question I've been asking consistently, and I seem to be getting a trend in, in one direction versus the other. Are you, as you're bringing on potential new customers, are you finding that the percentage of people that you're running into is increasing where they have never been working with an MSP prior or no? Definitely. I think that, and, and in, we, we, we assume, you know, an under 50 person, I'll just pick on it. They, they, I'll say over 50, they would have had some IT, but some of these guys have been doing it yourself. I think that they get tired of, I think the whole remote work, remote from home piece is kind of difficult in the first place. But I think that when they get a taste, it's sort of the first time, and everyone could probably relate to this, the first time you drove a luxury car, like, oh my God, I'm never going back. You know, so I think that, you know, you go through that and we're seeing that when they had a taste of this, of trying to take some small services and realize, oh my God, you know, you know, we're monitoring, we're, we're making sure that the updates are there. And you got someone that actually answers the phone, you know, versus trying to hunt down you know, someone else that might be either an employee. And we're finding this a lot also in the not-for-profits or religious organizations. It's usually, you know, a, a, a congregant in a religious organization or, you know, someone's friend's brother-in-law. But now since we're relying on it so much on the technology, whether it's making sure that things are up that you can go to virtual school or, you know, you're presenting or, you know, I'm remoting into this, they appreciate, you know, the, the us as managed service providers more. 
Interesting. So when you're dealing with a customer, a prospective customer who has never worked with a, an outside, you know, IT or MSP before versus that has, are you struggling with the pricing conversation more or less? Because generally, like some people would think that, hey, they're already coming off of something. If they were unhappy, they're willing to spend a little bit more, but they already have an idea of the price point because they're already budgeting for it, right? So how does that conversation go for you? So I think it's just in the overall of every year, I, we, we all worry about how we're going to retain, right? So, you know, over the past few years, you know, we've added, you know, dark web search. We've added, you know, phishing into the package. We've added, a lot of guys haven't caught up with that. So mm -hmm. in reality, we are adding more value and they're asking about some of these things and we're doing some of these things up front. Also, we've been finding, you know, in those clients that on those new prospects that never had IT, you know, everyone's a global admin in a 365 piece, you know, they might've gotten fish. They, no one ever talked to them about, Hey, you know, maybe you had E5 licenses, but you're never using any of that. And maybe business premium works, you know, like, or we picked up a new client where there was only 30 people in the firm, but they had 70 emails because basically they had, you know, you know, exchange P1s and everything for every ex-employee because no one told them that they can use shared mailboxes, you know. So there's things that we're finding that we're, we're, we're doing our upfront work with some of the tools that we had and bringing them this piece saying, look, what are you guys doing here? Well, I don't know. That's how we always did it. So I think there's a lot to be desired. Now, on the clients that, that are just unhappy with their current IT, either they outgrew it or maybe there was a breach or, you know, there was something that they're not. So I think that if we're not educating all our contracts have a 30-day out clause no matter what term you sign for it so i feel like we have to earn their business every month so if i'm not proving value and that value isn't just you know throwing every report that we get of the new tool that's in place there and some of our clients don't see any value in the qbr so in reality you know i want them to actually accept my call to say, hey, Mike, how's it going? You know, maybe talk about my Florida Panthers or talk about some of the sports. Feed. I don't want them to think, oh, gee, here's the guy. It's six, it's 60 days before renewal. You know, so we, we're constantly talking to them about technology and we're bringing new things to those existing clients under that existing contract. Interesting. Now, I, I, I'm, all, I, I'm right from your, you know, page, right? Like, hey, I, I don't, the, if somebody really wants to get out of the agreement, they're going to get out. Right. You know, whether you want to spend your time dealing with attorneys back and forth, up to you, but the three-year deal with this concept of, oh, well, they're going to have to pay for the rest of three years. Let me tell you, you're going to spend more time defending that agreement than it's worth. Uh, but I agree with you that you're constantly having to, you know, prove that you're doing something for your customer. And I think that, you know, over time, that's become increasingly hard because if everything's good and it's working, right, at some point, stuff breaks. We all know that. But Generally speaking, if stuff's humming, then they don't see you often. They don't call, right? Like it's working. So there is a balancing act, uh, but there's a double-edged sword there. But I also think that they see that, and, and, and I've spoken to, listen, I have clients that have been my clients for 20 years. So, you know, they're honest, you know, they're honest to say some of those things. And in reality, it's like, listen, they can't go to every event, but they look at, wow, you know, you're doing these things. It's stuff that I'm reading in some of the, you know, vertical trade rags that are out there. They're seeing that we're talking about these things, that value. I always say to the guys, listen, my view on marketing is that yes, 
it's it's bad if only 20 people show up, you expected 40. But what about the 5,000 that might have got the invite that they couldn't have attended? You know, so I think that as long as they see that you're active and it's not the same old, like we try not to send out, hey, here's today's special. You know, no one wants to get those. You know, we, 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 we keep up on social. You know, we, we really participate and try to put meaningful things that are out there. You know, yes, we talk about doom and gloom when we have to. You know, you got to talk about that. You know, as a perfect example, you know, we're picking back up, you know, where we'll look at all the weather issues that have been going on out there. You know, we're picking up in the midst of hurricane season. No, no, no one wants to talk about it, but we're, we're on a couple panels. We're trying to, you know, run some events. And we had, you know, I had a conversation with an organization that they don't want to call it business continuity. You know, they don't want to, I go, you got to call it what it is. You know, we look at a hurricane zone that's out here. Yes, we're better prepared than what we might have seen in Nashville and some of the other places that go out there. But you know what? You got to honestly go out there and talk about it. And you have to have a plan. You can't hide it and then say, oh, gee, you know, we didn't talk about it this year. I, I, I have a, a very similar presentation. I'm down here 26 years. So 26 years, almost the, the same content. You know, it doesn't change. If you don't have a plan, you're kind of screwed. You know, and in reality, we talk about, you know, and now it's even more important with the cyber problems that we're having. So we're trying to tie it all together and make our events educational, non-salesy on that. And we'll verticalize it. You know, we do a lot of work with the Broward Bar Association where the technology sponsor. So since we understand that vertical, it's easy to talk about clients versus customers. It's just the way, you know, clients are what law firms call it and matters versus projects. So I think that you have to have that consistent messaging across. And we always say that you pick the four quarters because we don't have seasons in Florida. So we kind of say, hey, you know, as we hit quarter two, it's business continuity. As we hit quarter three, you know, we're back on security. Quarter four is usually end of year planning for quarter one, which is just trying to struggling to get everything that you didn't do last year. But, you know, it's spring cleaning. You always used to call it, you know, we have these little things that we do and we really have to keep that in disguise. It's the messaging. And I always say to new prospects that are out there, listen, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the price compare. Here's where we are. Here's our resume. Here's our references. And if you're not ready for us, I'm a big sports guy. I don't mind being that second string quarterback because in reality, you know, Tom Brady didn't come in as a first first stringer out there. And the key difference that I say about everybody that is on the bench, those guys are hungry to perform. So when you're ready for something a little better or something a little different, I'm there to perform. And And that's the key. And they don't feel like it's the hard sales pitch that's out there. And listen, if you're not ready and you're like on the shelf, you look at my price, I'm not going to negotiate. And I don't, I don't really want to sit there and do the price match. You know, you don't walk into Morton's and argue that the steak's 50 bucks and I can, you know, to go in place there. And I said, I don't compare myself and don't want to sound cocky, but if you're not ready for a full scale MSP that's been around for a while, that's not scared to tell you, you know, what's wrong, you know, call me when you're ready. There's no hard feelings. Wow. I, I love, I love the message. I absolutely love it. I love, and I love the sports analogies. Okay. I'm sitting here ready to go when you're ready. That's it. That's it. You look at all those key players, you know, whatever sport you go to, I'm a, I'm a big hockey fan. You know, you got guys that are pulled, pull up from the taxi squad. Now they got to be ready to play. You know, those young guys that are sitting on the bench or, you know, now as we're going up, coming up to the NFL draft, you'll get everybody looking out, trying to build that deep bench. 
you know, on there. How many of these guys get, you know, not, not every quarterback comes out there and they're, you know, automatically the superstar first string that's sitting out there. You got to work your way into that. And it is every sports piece. That's why we have, you know, the guys that are on the bench, they're not there to just learn or, you know, take up space that's out there. You know, when you get that tap on the shoulder, you need to go out there and perform or there's another guy behind you that's that's ready to perform. So if you were to take out of the hundred percent of your customer base, how many still have the on-prem box in the closet running the brain? Um, Give me a percent so estimate. I'll probably say more. Well, let's let's say let's take it easy. Email, right? Out of all of our clients, I think I have four Exchange servers, just for reasons you know that they decide to keep that. So that's a good percent. So if we take a, a ch- almost everyone's on three sixty-five. So we probably have. Um, 30%, uh, I'll say, I'll say 80% still do have on-premise servers in some way, shape or form that are out there. A lot of, a lot of verticalized applications don't play well. You know, it will change and it has changed because of pandemic because they realize that they can't scale. We, we, we kind of called a chunk of our clients last year, ghost offices. You know, you had some kind of PC sitting there running, you know, log me in, you know, say you name it, and they're remoting into that because those applications weren't cloud-worthy. So some right. of the verticalized applications are really expensive, and we, pro- we all probably deal with something as simple as QuickBooks. You know, I know. I, I, I'm not, I, we use QuickBooks. You know, my accountant doesn't want us to go to the cloud one. We have those verticalized applications that do require, you know, some server, and then maybe it makes sense cost-effectively to throw it up in Azure as an RDS server. We have done a bunch of WVD, but it's a different world for people to start thinking about it. And some of the verticalized apps aren't licensed to go to the cloud. We see see those, especially in the legal industry, to go there. Or, you know, we refuse to take a client out to the cloud if they don't have support. You know, listen, you got plenty of clients that have a, a line of business app that's real old. It's sitting, you know, on a virtual machine inside of, you know, you know, server 2019, but it's, you know, it's out there and, you know, it's thousands of dollars for them to upgrade the line of business application. So I think that there's a good mixture. So we always joke about that, you know, cloud, we always say to cloud or not to cloud. And sometimes clients come to us and say, why aren't we in the cloud? I was playing golf and, you know, my competitors and and we kind of explained to them, we've had this conversation and we continue to have the conversation as to, we need those, you know, line of business apps upgraded. And sometimes they have the heart attack of what the monthly fee is, but they forget that, you know, in reality, every three to five, every three to four years, we're having that hardware conversation. And we try to analyze what they might be still paying off on their lease and some of the other things, and it doesn't look too bad. But you have to have that client that's forwardly thinking because there's still some fear of the cloud. No, I I didn't even consider if they're on an application that from a licensing standpoint, they're not allowed to go, you know, based on terms of service. I never thought about that, to be honest with you. Because what they do is that, and they they define that as public cloud. You know, anyone can take some servers, throw it in a colo. You know, mm-hmm. it depends how you word it. But we've seen some line of business applications that their EULA kind of really said, hey, you know, we, you know, and a lot of these bigger companies that offer these applications, yeah, put it on our cloud or move us, move them to their SaaS model. So we're seeing that, you know, you really have to analyze, you know, all the apps that are out there. And listen, in some instances, 
you know, in small businesses, it's not cost effective because they're not fa- they're not factoring in downtime. They're not factoring, you know, maybe we all have to hide from the hurricane and then there's power outages. I mean, I think there's a lot that they don't factor. And listen, all things equal, you know, we probably don't follow everything our doctor tells us on that side of it. So I think that, you know, there's a good mix. We've done a bunch of WVD, which has been amazing for us out there. And I think when people see it there, and, and it depends of what the age group of your customer is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some people still like to walk by the server room. <laughs> Here are the fans going. Are, yeah. are you, with, with any of the stuff that you're doing, uh, you know, with Azure, it sounds like, are you just doing it direct or are you using some sort of orchestration platform that, that helps you with that? So for our standard Azure, let's separate that from where we're a tier one and we have Microsoft Advanced Services. So in reality, you know, we're doing everything because some of it becomes some custom. But as we stepped into WVD early, you know, we've been living in Nerdio. I mean, you know, you look at those, you know, it's great to go out there and see those things. Um, Since we were involved in Azure early, you know, for me to use a, you know, an automation service to set up a server or, you know, some of the SQL things and a lot of the things that we're seeing because we are verticalized, you know, we have to do a lot to the service. Like, so you know, it's not the same thing for every client, but Nerdio has been, you know, amazing for us just from the education standpoint and also seeing the backing of big guys like Microsoft, you know, pulling for them. I was on an event where they had all these Microsoft execs talking how great they are. It's not that often that you see, you know, the big guys telling you to use the automation platform. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting to see, you know, like I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised by the percentage 80, I think is high based on the people that we talk to on a regular basis. But to be honest with you, I'm starting to still run into a larger percentage of people who really just, like you said, for one reason or another, it's prohibitive to go to the cloud. Usually cost is the beginning point, right? Yep. So, I mean, once once these guys realize that, hey, you know, this is not you buy it once and then you wait for another five years and you have to do it again. Like this is a consistent thing. So I think we're, then, go ahead. You, you have to spend time analyzing the applications because like I said, you know, you know, it's not unusual for us to find, you know, an app running on 2008 still that's yeah. out there. And they kept it on that because they didn't want to relicense okay. it. So, you know, we're, we're very upfront saying, all right, you know, you signed all these things, not a problem. You know, it's time for upgrade. You know, I'll just move it on to new hardware. You know, you keep doing what you want. You have already given me my indemnification on this. And if things change, you know, that's it. But, you know, I won't, I won't even try to put any of that up in the, up into the cloud. It's uh, I, I'm sure the longer it, like if you're still stuck on an application that's running 2008 server underneath of it, my guess is that it's way more expensive to get up to a, a more you know current version now than it was right. if they just stepped through it. If they stepped it through. The other thing that we run across is we do a lot of work with property managers. So it could be a, a large, and when you go into when you go into the hotel and you have the key system, well, a lot of these facilities have something similar. That software is exponential. The cost of that for them to, to put that in place, there's a lot of these property managers still have some of that stuff old that's out there because the software is ridiculous just to be able to generate that and, and slide the key card. So, I mean, you, that, that, that was a classic example where just some things just don't work. And then there's still always going to be some on-prem for that because you know I can't extend that. Even if it was a new piece of software, 
you know, I got to be able to put the card on something and maybe that device might not connect up to the cloud, you know, and then we also have some hospitality, you know, you don't want to be in a place ready to pay your bill and oh, the clouds down, you know, so hospitality is kind of hard. You know, we, we, we deal with some hotels that are in place there and some of the point of sale really does need to be local as much as we talk about, oh, I'm going to have redundant everything, you know, they can't afford to have, you know, any downtime because we're all consumers. What we, you know, like really, I'm paying to stay in this giant hotel and you know can't settle my bill up now. So I think some of those applications and then the peripheral connecting devices, you know, IoT is great, but sometimes that whole piece hasn't been standardized. Hundred percent. Um, you so are you really touch? Are you really getting into door access, surveillance, building stuff, HVAC, mail? All this is 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 some part software, right? We, we partner with a, with a few companies that do that, but, you know, again, you know, I hate to say the trusted partner, you know, but in reality, our clients understand that we're an extension of their IT and in part of what we're explaining to them, yes, you know, if you're throwing on, you know, something is simple and I just use it because everyone knows a Nest device, you know, something that's going to be reporting back on the network, we have to know about it because we see some rogue devices that are connecting up, you know, you don't want some of those things that are on there, but, you know, for the HVAC systems and some of the access, you know, we don't want the third party coming in, you know, and then now I have something sitting on they recommended this wireless access point. So in reality, you know, we're looking for rogue points that come in there and we're explaining to them, I'm not selling you anything. I'm just sitting on your side to make sure that it doesn't cause any security issues that are in place there. You know, we go back to, you know, Target, you know, the, you, know you look at all these things, it, it, it starts off there and everybody, you know, looks for that one angle and you don't want to be that guy that threw these HVAC systems on, you know, another WAP that they told you to plug in that's outside the firewall. <laughs> yeah, it happens way too often, probably more than anyone even admits, to be honest with right, you. Right, um, right. How, how much do the headlines help either your education angle or generate conversations where the customer's starting it with you, right? You know, like obviously SolarWinds, obviously Exchange has now been in the news again last week. Like, are they starting to come to you more than you're, you know, like, are you seeing that uptick? I am seeing the uptick because, you know, it becomes a standard piece that comes across. You know, listen, depends on the news cycle. You know, I, I, of course, we'd rather it see as a big story versus the little ticker on the bottom, because I think they do see it. If it comes on mainstream news, and I always joke about it, really, I've been talking to you about this for five years, and all of a sudden you see it on, you know, you know, one of the morning talk shows, <laughs> and, and now you're asking me, you know, listen, I think real life examples uh, are, are the best type of advertising that we can do. You know, I don't wish anything bad on anybody, but, you know, it's great that you see some of these bigger name companies and some smaller name companies that are out there. Guys, this is reality. You know, we're not, you know, we're not doomsday provided. You know, when you talk about the dark web, oh, that's not me. I'm like, really? Does this password look familiar? So I think that we're trying to do cradle the grave for them saying, hey, listen, you know, the credit card skimmers, why do they do that? Because they sell this on the dark web. That just adds to your dark web footprint. You know, that's where these guys start. That's how you get the crazy emails that go out there and tying it together that you're just adding to the whole piece of making it easier. And, you know, we even talk about the, the crazy phone calls that, that, that we get. We just, had a, we just had a client call assistant, a large corporation, has Microsoft 2FA, swears 
that it was Microsoft that gave a call, you know, and management's asking why. Went through the logs. Hey, you didn't use it there. You actually took a phone call. You bypassed it and said, yeah, you can call, call me at this number. You know, so we're showing them, how do we stop that? Well, listen, it's a bigger picture things. And we, I think that you have to, we have to take more drastic measures because listen, two years ago, we'd say, great, I'm going to sell you some awareness training. We all know what we do with that. You know, you let it run for the time, you answer the questions, you take the quiz five, six times. You know, we have to be more aggressive in putting some, some more gates at, 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 at the open points because we can't trust the end user giving us the straight story the first time. And then we're all sitting out there taking a bunch of crap uh, of stuff that we already protected that we talked about. So I think it's important to re-educate, stay on top of it. And listen, nothing changed in all years of IT. You know, us as IT providers, we're there to serve the end users. And if we can't figure it out, we have to trust what they tell us. And now they have more control because in this case, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't give them anything. How the heck did they get in that? Here's the log of what you did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's always a fun conversation. Um, do you like, you know, for the rest of this year, let's talk about the rest of 2021. We're already in the Q2, time's flying by. What are you focusing on from now to the end of the year that uh, is it just the regular stuff, like you said, Q2, Q3, Q4, or are you, you know, you said you're evaluating SOC. What, what, what pieces do you think you're going to be going back to your customers on this year that you may have not in the past? So at the beginning of January, we went through and uh, because we have an advanced Microsoft contract, we've gone and we've employed them under what they call cloud consults. And we used us as, as an example, evaluate us for Office 365 and evaluate us for Azure. And then tell me all the things that haven't made the public, you know, tech notes yet. And, you know, what can we do to better keep our, you know, our Microsoft practice secure, you know, for all of our clients. And they gave us a couple of good documents to go out there. And listen, I'm not saying go to the secure score and give them the answer. We own it, but there's a lot of stuff that we can do. And we're evaluating each of our clients' tenants to go back with tools, you know, like rapid fire tools. You know, we're looking at some of the SOC providers to go out there, looking at, looking at things that aren't readily right out there, like, you know, login attempts. And we're using that as a service to say, hey guys, listen, now's the time to relook at what you had. Even in Azure itself, the Azure advisor is giving, you know, really good, I don't, I don't want to call it tips and tricks, but realize, real life things that you could do that might cost a little or might not cost anything at all. So we're paying more attention to all those things, fine tuning some of the back ends of that. And then we're learning from that because we all know that, you know, we might have a tech issue in any platform. You get on the line, it's probably eight, 12 hours later. You know, you lost five pounds sweating it off. You're, 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 you're like, and the one engineer who knows everything says, oh, here's, here's the fix. And we're like, why the heck isn't there? That's what we're trying to do, you know, because we all have got, gotten through that. So we're evaluating the 365 tenants. We're looking to dive deeper in. If you're not using Teams, go out there. Where obviously VoIP's a big piece that's out there. You know, MDM, you know, the whole piece. Okay, great. You just secured everything, but everyone on the iPad can do whatever they want, you know, or the Android device. So we're just trying to increase their security problem. Let them know that this has to be that. Of course, we've done so much desktop refresh, desktop laptop refresh. You know, if we can only get them fast enough, 
Um, you know, that's, you know, that's the problem. But we are seeing big pushes that are out there, you know, kind of showing some things like, you know, this is one of the new surface to goes that we're working, working with, you know, brand new out of the box that's out there. You know, we see Microsoft making a push, you know, also showing toys like, you know, Lenovo Fold. This is actually foldable glass. So we're trying to let our clients know that there's different things that are out there and we can show them to you. So again, it's your overall, I'll call it technology refresh. You know, what, now that we've lived through this, now that we're coming through, what's your business goals and how are you getting there? Are you staying with this work from home? Oh, you know, you know give them those pieces. So I think it's just adapting uh, on a basis and letting them know that you need to change your security posture. You need to upgrade those old machines. You know, we invested the tools to check warranty. You know, the thing's seven years old. You got to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, the whole reliant on the technology over the past year has made clients more susceptible to get rid of some of the old crap, you know, put in some industrial strength Wi-Fi. You know, I, I, I have, um, I have uh, AT&T fiber coming into my office. They, they called, I was calling to figure out what went how. My bill dropped, my bill dropped like almost $75 and now I have a gig each way for what I was paying. I mean, you know, so I think it's those things like let's evaluate. You know, I was in the office with, after the upgrade, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Now I'm spoiled because I have a gig fiber in my house. But to see that my bill was sub $200, for a gig on fiber sitting in there. So I think that those are the kind of things to talk about. And they feel like, hey, listen, I don't make anything if you change your internet provider. I could, but you know, here you're calling up your provider and they want to keep you. So now that we have that, that drives, oh, gee, now that you got that speed, your firewall doesn't support it. You know, you know? Wow. So it's a, it's a piece of, that's where you say, we're trying to give you the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle so that you could continue to drive your business in second, third, fourth, first, second, all the way through those quarters that are out there as technology's changing. Fantastic. My, uh, are you, for anyone that want, I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge, clearly. Um, are, do, are you planning on going to any events, you know, for the rest of the year or where people, where can people find you? So, um, you know, I'm on, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, you know, Land Infotech. You know, I'm Michael A. Goldstein because there's a few Goldsteins that are out there in uh, up on LinkedIn. You know, I am definitely starting to look at my, uh, you know, summer and fall calendar that's out there. It's cool to see some of these events come start coming up. You know, I look already at everyone's, you know, force feeding into October that's out there. You know, uh, uh, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm active in, you know, CompTIA, I'm active in uh, ASCII, I'm active in TrustX, you know, I'm active in Pax8 groups. So, you know, reach out. I am definitely, you know, MSP friendly. I love to be parts of informal groups or formal groups that are out there because, I, you know, all of us, I always say the guy that says that he knows everything is the first guy to fail. And I'm always the guy that wants to hear how you guys are doing things, you know, us in IT, and I tell people, if you got five IT guys in the room, you're going to have 50 solutions, you know, because we're all very opinionated on our products. So I think it's important that we all pull, you know, our, our knowledge that's in place there and help help everyone out. You know, we only can learn by, you can only learn by doing. And if you find someone that did it great, let's see what he did. Maybe it doesn't fit your mold. Maybe it does. I love it. I love the, I love the mentality. I'm, I'm right there with you guys. This is we say this a thousand times, 
get rid of the moat, get rid of the castle mentality, start talking to people. There's plenty of business out there for everyone. And if you're so worried about, you know, competition, you're, you're really, you're doing it the hard way. Honest to God. And I think Michael is a great resource. Michael, I really appreciate you for coming on guys. This whole session was recorded. We're going to throw it up online at mspinitiative.com under sessions. So you can go back, rewind, maybe pick up a couple of tips from Michael's session here and maybe reach out and ask him some questions. If you have some more, uh, keep coming back Tuesdays and Thursdays, one o'clock Eastern time. Again, thank you many times fold for, uh, for hosting us on channel strong. Uh, the channel strong tour continues next month. So if you're in the Midwest, we're coming to your town, just like we did, uh, with Michael in Fort Lauderdale, we're coming to the Midwest. So we'd love to see you out on the road. Second, uh, last two weeks of May and, uh, appreciate everybody for joining today. All right. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everyone.